Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please like, share, and subscribe. Now to the show. Hey, all. Welcome to another episode of Balance and Sanity. It has been so long um, since we spoke, mainly because I have been going through a lot um, with work, health, um, and different things, you know, just like living life as an adult and adulting. Sometimes it gets difficult, you get sidetracked, you get lazy, procrastination sets in. And I found myself to procrastinate a lot with a lot of things. So I'm trying to do my best and not procrastinate as much. And if I have the urge to do something, do it right then and there instead of putting it off and saying, you know, I'll just do it later. And then when later comes, end up getting too tired to actually care to do it. Uh, So that's where I'm at right now. But I did want to come to you because there's been a couple of things that's been on my mind that I really wanted to get off my chest because just as you're listening to this to I guess for the reasons that you have I do this to be a therapy session for me to just woosah and to calm down if something is making me mad or to just be able to express my happiness my joy my perturbedness perturbedness is not a word but if I'm perturbed about something and you know just let the thoughts that are rolling around in my head just be recorded so that other people can listen and may either say you know what I feel exactly the same way and can feel where I'm coming from or what I've heard people do is like have a conversation with me although I'm not really there so like people will listen to the podcast and then start talking and responding as though I'm standing in front of them talking while they're listening to the podcast and they're having this conversation so you know for whatever reasons you're listening Those are the reasons why I'm doing this. So I appreciate you listening. I thank you so much. Continue to listen, share, uh, follow us. Um, So a couple of things. I have been thinking about whether or not I wanted to change the name because I find that as I am growing and this podcast is growing and evolving, I should say, I don't know if the name Balance Insanity works anymore. Um, so I don't know if I want to change it, simplify it, cut it down, break it into acronyms like the BI, you know, uh, and Urban Dictionary calls the BI, you know, like issues. Well, maybe I could just call it the BI pod. So who knows what's going to come, but that's one thing. I don't want to talk to death about what's been rolling on in my head about that. Cause that will definitely bore you. Uh, the other thing that I really wanted to talk about, and I've waited to talk about this is because I just didn't know how to deal with it. And it was the passing of basketball player Kobe Bryant. I've had friends tell me, oh, you know, it was such a devastating thing for them. And me personally, like, I know who he is. I've watched him play basketball when I used to be into basketball. Can't really stand it now that I'm older. But there was a point where I was very heavy into watching basketball with my dad. And that was like our thing to do. So I remember him coming into the league. I remember him playing. I remember, you know, watching at the earlier stages because I had stopped watching when I was young as well. So it it depends on like how you're viewing this. But I couldn't necessarily grieve like how people are grieving because I don't personally know him. 
I get it that, you know, it was a life that was lost. That point, I definitely understand. I'm very, you know, sympathetic to the to the family. I want I'm praying for them. I'm hoping the best for them, because for a mom to lose a husband and a child in one shot, it's heartbreaking, whether I know you or not. So that kind of stuff, I'm very sympathetic about me personally. I'm not crying or grieving because I don't necessarily know them, but I definitely understand um, where people are coming from because, you know, some people idolize, some people are look up to people, mentors, things of that nature. So when somebody of that caliber passes, for them, it's like I've pretty much lost somebody in my family. So I get it. I actually wanted to wait to see if there was more information coming out about what had happened and to actually hear from his wife, Vanessa, to see if she was going to actually speak um, to hear what she had to say. And she actually pretty much kept quiet up until the memorial, the memorial service, uh, which I thought was great because once she had a closed funeral where it was just close family for him directly, for him and Gigi, and then she had another one for the public to grieve as well. So she pretty much grieved twice or had two different funerals that she had to be reminded of this again. And what I mean by reminded of this again is because when you're living your daily life, you may be able, you can even for a split second forget because you're doing so many things and you're busy with so many things. And of course, something's going to be like, you know what, um, you'll say he'll do that later. And then you remember, oh, snap, he's not here to do it later. Or you may say, oh, you know, I have to go pick up such and such. And it's like, dang, she's not here. So doing everyday life and keeping busy can keep you distracted. But her having to go from one funeral to the next, she literally had no time to be distracted because she had to plan for both. If she planned for both because she has money, she could have just hired a planner. But nevertheless, it doesn't matter how it happened. She as a grieving person had to deal with it twice. And so I saw her Instagram post. I heard people talk about it. I've seen people cry. Um, He sounded like an awesome person. Everybody was up in arms about how Snoop's response to Gail and Gail's, how Gail handled the interview. And me personally, I was just like, I don't see why everybody's getting upset. Um, And I saw the clip that everybody saw. And I was and to me, I was just like, I don't I don't see why everybody was so like torn and not torn, but coming at Gail and saying how disrespectful she was and she should be respecting his memory and things of that nature. I also don't know if the interview went down that line of questioning the entire time. So I can't necessarily say I have a feeling about it, but I just feel people jump to conclusions too quickly on a 60 second video. If you're not going to watch the entire interview, then to comment on a 60 second clip is completely wrong because in that 60 second clip it's giving you a snapshot of something that isn't what was the basis of the interview so when Gail had come out and she had apologized for it she she herself said you know if I had seen that clip as well I would have definitely been appalled I definitely would have been furious so I get that so looking at the entire picture instead of looking at this So looking at the bird's eye view versus looking at this little quarter size shape of an interview, I would say 
definitely did a disservice to many people who came at her and was trying to, you know, saying that she was coming from this evil place. And it's just like, how about we take everything first before we decide, try to dissect it and give our opinion? But then again, we live in a world where people want to get a, sn- a snippet or a cliff note version of something and then want to be able to comment these soliloquies. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You have to do the, the research, do the digging, do the deep diving to get the entire picture and then comment. I also thought it was good of Kobe to, I mean, of Snoop Dogg to apologize, whether he did it for publicity or because his PR person said to do it or because he generally felt he needed to do it. I'm just glad that he did it because even if you disagree with somebody to call them out their name is a whole nother level. I can disagree with you a hundred percent. I can feel a way about whatever it is that you have said, will say, done, things like that, but I don't ever have to call you out your name. And I think that's the part that he did wrong. Him coming on and saying, you know, I disagree with her. I don't like how the interview went. I wish she would have just focused on these questions instead of tarnishing his name and going down this hole. We all would have been fine because a lot of people would have said, you know what, I'm on your side. This is completely correct. And because he's such a highlighted and spotlighted person is that we're looking at you. So whatever you're doing, people will follow. And so I think he realized that and that's why he ended up apologizing is because now he realized like he said this thing and everybody else is watching him and will be repeating what he says and will therefore go and treat women the way he he was speaking. The other thing that I was thinking about as I was thinking about the whole Kobe incident was what were the final moments of Kobe and Gigi on the plane? Because as I was talking to my mom, I was that's those are the first things that thought ran through my head and I don't know why. But I was I asked her, I said, What do you think he could possibly he could have possibly done on that plane with her? Like what do you think their thoughts were? And she said, you know, as a parent, I believe he he said to her, Don't worry, everything is gonna be okay because that's what parents do. And I said, you know, that's crazy because I thought the exact same thing. In my mind, I imagined him just turning to her, like even as the helicopter was going out of control and everything was in ruckus she may be screaming the other people on the plane on the helicopter might be screaming and he just simply turns around to her in that parently fashion either touches her hand touches her knees look her dead in her eye as she's crying and says to her don't worry everything is going to be okay trying to calm her down and then possibly even saying you know no matter what happens just remember i love you You know, that kind of stuff. And I feel like that's what parents do. Parents are there to comfort even in the hardest moments. Because even for him, that might have been something that he was dreading. And him himself could have been scared. But because his daughter was there along with everybody else, he was just trying to comfort her and comfort everybody else to make sure everything, you know, would have ended if it had ended correctly that this is what happened. But so sad that this has taken place. And I feel so deeply for the family. I just, I know that, well, I can't say that I I know because I don't have a husband and I don't have kids. And we will talk about that later on in the show. But I'm just wondering, as a parent, would I have that 
that power that Vanessa has, the strength that Vanessa has to even be able to speak to people about the people I love passing. And then for him as a parent on that plane, granted, this is just me thinking about what a typical parent would do or a parent that exudes his persona would do. I don't know if I'd be the one to be able to calm down my child. Maybe I would be because, you know, fight or flight would kick in, parent mode would just kick in, and then all my concentration is just keeping my daughter or my son safe. So you never know what happens. I know that I can say right now, like, yes, that would not be me. And then it's something of a nature where, you know, incident happens where I have to protect my children. And then I'm just that person. I go into that fight mode where I'm here to protect them, to calm them out, to make sure everything is okay with them. So, yeah, so that was just my take on the whole incident that happened with Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the other people that were on that plane. And one thing that I have to give it up before I move on past the subject is that a lot of the people that were reporting reported everybody that was on the plane. Granted, we didn't get as much information as we about the other people as we did about Kobe, but every single person that I have seen except probably like two that were talking about this incident mentioned and sent prayers to the family and for everyone involved or were, you know, affected by this, uh, this accident. They at least sent prayers to those people as well and didn't just focus on, you know, Kobe passed away, this at the third, like he, him and Gigi were the only ones on the plane. Everybody did their due diligence to acknowledge the other people that were on the plane, which I thought was amazing. So moving a little bit along, there has been a lot of music that has been dropping. Uh, I want to say the beginning of February. I can't even tell right now because all my days are just mushed into one. So I don't know what day is what until, you know, Someone says, hey, it's Thursday. Eminem, one of my favorite artists. I love Eminem. Loved him, actually. And then he took a hiatus. And then he came back. I have been in and out the music scene. Been listening to his music. I've listened to a lot of his older stuff. And then recently got rekindled again with him and his music. And so I just wanted to add a little piece about if you hadn't listened to Music to be Murdered to murdered By, please, please, please go listen to it. Because it is, it is amazing. Like, I've listened to it several times already. And when I say several, I mean at least ten times. Uh, I had it on repeat and just let it go. And didn't even want to skip a song or um, turn it off at any point. It was just great. The one thing that I didn't really like about um, the album was the features. For some reason, the features added nothing to any of the tracks to me, except Royce to 5'9". Like, him I liked a lot. But the other features, I didn't really... I think the songs would have been fine without them. But then again, you know, it's to everybody's taste, what you like versus what I like. So it's... It's okay. Each track to me, I could listen to the instruments all day long and be okay. I loved all the beats. 
Beats were superb. His flow, amazing. I, there were some songs that I necessarily didn't, wasn't drawn to as much until I listened to it on repeat. And then once I repeated the songs a couple of times, it was like, oh, I really do like this song. But outside of that, the songs that hit me the most on first impact or first listen was In Too Deep, Godzilla, Those Kinds of Nights, and Gotta Learn. Gotta Learn, I felt was just such an amazing song. I wish, I so wish that, I think it was Royce, had gone a little bit deeper. Like, I loved his line where he was saying that, you know, separation is being told where you want to go. Being woke is going wherever I want to go or something like that. Um, I thought that was amazing. I found that him doing it was amazing. I just think that he could have went a little bit harder on that track. But then again, you know, as a feature, you don't want to outshine the person that album you're on because then they just take you off the album, especially if you outdo what they're doing. And so maybe that's what his reasoning was to not go as hard as he would have wanted. So I don't know, but that's just my take on it. As far as Marsh was another good one. The beat on that to me is one that you just put on, put on repeat and you just relax. Candles, smoking, drinking, whatever it is that your thing is. And just listening to that song on repeat all day. Just like his flow is amazing. It, I don't know, sick and awesome are just the words that I can use to describe this album. Because I love, love, love this album. I listen to it all the time. Especially on days when I'm, come, I'm like in the streets and people are annoying me and I come home. I just throw that on. Listen, relax. On my couch. Possibly even like fall asleep to it. But such a, such a good um album the other album that i was actually had on repeat for a while too was selena johnson's woman that album to me just it just it sounded all the same which was something my sister pointed out and i didn't even realize it before it has very much the same beats throughout the, the each song or same i wouldn't say flow but just same feeling throughout each song but it was really good because it just empowered you as a woman it made you want to be in a relationship to be able to be there for your significant other and just, you know, love. It was all about love and the strength of women and how women can overcome anything and how even in the toughest times we can just like show face, smile, like a couple minutes before be deep in tears, depressions, whatever. But as soon as we're around people, we are able to hide all that and just be the strongest person ever and just show strength. And I thought that was amazing and so her album is another one i would suggest that you go and listen to it's called selena woman very very good selena johnson to me is she's come a long way and i find that now that she is independent she's able to do things that she wants to do instead of you know what the record company wants you to do because one thing in the music industry that my sister and many people other people that are either dabbling or have been in the industry have told me is that once you get signed to a label you have to do exactly what they want you to do because when they see you at first glance they have an image in their head whether this is what you're what you want to do they have this image in their head of what they want you to look like how they want you to sound 
and they're going to the only way for you to be signed with them is if you're going to follow these rules. And so even Pink some people may not even remember who that is, but Pink when she first came out, they made her a pop singer and she said that was not far from what she wanted to be. She did not want to be pop. She hated everything about it. She wanted to make the music that she wanted to make. She didn't want to portray this particular image because remember her hair was pink at the time. And so she even talked about it. Another person that comes to mind is Lady Gaga. Like when you see Lady Gaga's, her first singing or the first time she was singing or when she became popular, her hair, she looked like a nun. I would say is the easiest way to just picture that. Her skirt was down to the floor, hitting her ankles. She wasn't wearing any makeup. She had Alanis Morissette hair. It was just parted in the middle and it just came straight down flat or in a ponytail. Now when you see her, it's a totally different person. So it's like when you join these record label companies or you join these record companies, they get to tell you how your song should be written, how the song is going to feel, what you're going to look like. And so with Selena Johnson's album, this is her just showing who she is as a person and what she wants to do, which is cool. And I think that was great on her pride for wanting to do that. So uh, on to today's. So I just want us to talk about all that stuff in one quick shot. So today's topic, I want to spend a couple of minutes to talk about uh, why do people get married? This isn't something that has been on my heart very heavily on my mind. I've been asking friends, family. I've even had the conversation with my mom and she was very annoyed by it. She was like, why are you asking me this? I don't know. It just happened, whatever. And I could tell that she was getting very frustrated. But I don't know if this is becoming something that I'm thinking about more so because I'm getting sicker. And when I'm saying sicker is that my labs are saying things are creeping like at snail pace to get better. But my body is saying something totally different. So now after talking to my doctor, I have hypertension, which is high blood pressure kidney disease, which has been developing, as you know, that I had the kidney biopsy and things like that. So kidney disease. And then I also now have, oh, there's something else that I have. Oh, my potassium is at regular level, but because one of the medications they want to put me on also raises my potassium, they're cutting out my favorite foods. So fruits, I should say, rather. So like oranges, I love to drink orange juice. Can't do that anymore. Uh, Bananas. I can eat 10 bananas in one day, in one sitting, and be happy with life because I love, love, love bananas. Can't have that anymore. And especially with doing smoothies, love me at least two, three bananas in my smoothie because it's just so amazing. Smoothies without bananas is like, why even? And so I'm struggling now with even trying to eat my daily um, requirement of greens because as you also know I'm vegan now I tried the raw vegan for three weeks definitely struggled a lot most days I was able to get three meals and I'm just raw vegan food and it would be some days where I'm just craving some soup and so I would have ramen so I had this big thing with ramen this love affair with ramen um, and so I would go out with my mom once a week to go get a bowl of ramen I love some ramen if you ever 
if I ever meet Mr. Wright and he's listening right now, you want to get a place in my heart, just take me to a good ramen spot. Vegan, well, they have to have at least a vegan bowl. If you eat meat, that's fine. But for me, I need a vegan bowl of ramen. And it has to be good. I'm talking about authentic. The broth has been simmering for three days type of place. Not this joint. We're just going to whip it up. And the noodles and stuff is pre-made by somebody else, not us. Um, that kind of stuff. I'm very into my ramen. Sorry. I've watched documentaries on ramen. Been to several ramen shops. I'm trying to hit every ramen shop in New York. Uh, ramen family, if you with me, let, let me hear you. <laughs> For those that don't know what ramen is, go out and just try it at least once. It's so amazing and it's filling. But either way, because now I'm just going on a tangent. Uh, so, yeah, so with everything happening with my health and just thinking about life and being in my 30s, almost 40s. I'm going to be 37 this year, I believe. I think so. I never pay attention because people always tell me I look in my 20s. So at this point, knowing my age doesn't help anybody. It's just like, whatever. I just know I'm not 20-something. And so in thinking about health, just living life, the laziness, procrastination that has come over, um, me wanting to do everything, but just at the same time wanting to sit on my couch and just watch TV, has been allowing my brain to just, you know, do what it used to do, just think. I used to be such of a thinker, just like sit in myself, sit by myself and just think about everything. And also reading. I don't do that as much anyway. But anyway, uh, so I am at the position of trying to figure out whether or not I want to get married. And not only whether or not I want to get married, but also why I want to get married. What are the reasons I would like to have a partner? Why not just date and be, you know, dating someone forever instead of having this marriage thing take place? And so I've been struggling with that, thinking about it, letting it roll over in my head. And I could think, sometimes to my mom, I don't have a good reason or a good enough reason, I believe, to want to get married. So people typically want to get married, from what I've heard, is financial benefits, financial reasoning. You know, this person that I'm marrying is going to help me be able to live a better life. You know, bills would be less. I would have that financial freedom to do other things if I'm married to this person. This other person may bring benefits. They're going to have health insurance. I now finally have health insurance. So that's a great thing. People get married because it's a partnership. They look at it as a business. You have my top five picks. I have your top five picks. Um, I want to start an empire. You want to start an empire. How can we build this empire? That kind of stuff. Or it's just you suit most of what I'm looking for. Physically, mentally, whatever the situation is. And I need somebody else to be able to come into wherever I am to make life easier. So those are other reasons that people get married. Some people get married because, you know, I, I'm pregnant. It's yours. We gonna get married. Simple as that. There's, a lot of times it's not a big to do when people get married. It's just that. Or, you know, I like you a lot. Let's get married. Or I love you. 
let's get married without thinking about the next steps. And one thing that I've noticed with a lot of people that I've spoken to or have heard about their marriage, the conversation of how do we raise kids? How do you want uh, our child to be raised according to food? Do you want them to be vegan? Do you want them to be plant-based? Do you want them to be, yes, vegan and plant-based are two different things. Do you want them to be meat eaters? Do you want them to be pescatarians? Do you want them to go to a Catholic school? Do you want them to be raised Catholic? Do you want them to be raised Baptist? Do you want them to not have a religion? Where do you want them to go to school? How do you how do you want them to to just see themselves? It's like all these different conversations aren't ha being had before getting well. That's more so before having children. Before getting married, people don't ask each other financial like where they are in their finances, what their goals are. Uh, people aren't asking questions about um, jobs, like what job they have, where they sell themselves in the future, if they want to be in this job for the rest of their life, are they content? Uh, they don't ask questions as far as, do you want to own a house or do you want to live in an apartment for the rest of your life? They don't ask questions, are you clean? Do you like to clean? Do you like to do these different things? So it's a whole bunch of things that aren't being asked. And I find that people typically, when they don't ask these questions is when they start getting into issues once they get married. Because it's like, now that we're married, we're going to go through all of this. And then people start to bump heads and clash. And it's like, she could be over there. I'm going to stay over here because they're not on the same level as me. And people don't have these conversations prior to. They don't get to know each other outside of the physical and the surfacey level conversations so even in saying this there's a new show that's called blind and prejudice i think it is or bride and prejudice i think that's what it's called and it's about three couples and each couple have their reasons reasonings why parents aren't why the, their parents aren't on board for them getting married one couple is the guy is christian the girl is jewish they both know that they have different religions and we're okay with it. But when it comes, comes to getting married, she wants him. I don't think they ever had the conversation prior to the show. So, so they knew they wanted to get married and they knew they were both fine in their fate. And that's how they wanted to leave it. But then when they started talking to the family, the family was like, we don't want you guys to get married because he's not Jewish and the, his family, the guy's family was like, we don't want you to get married to her because she's not Christian. And then the conversation about conversion started to come up and the girl who is Jewish ends up finding that her parents wants the guy to convert. And if he, the, per, the person that she marries is not Jewish, it's a deal breaker for them because they don't want their child to be an interfaith or or to be raised any other religion besides Jewish. And so she didn't even know that. And in my head, as I'm watching the show, I'm thinking, why wasn't this a conversation that was had prior to you guys spending five years with each other? Some point, and they live together. So at some point, the you should have had that conversation about religion because you know that your family is very close-knit and you guys pretty much, it seems like they talk about everything. So I don't understand why this was in a conversation. And the parents have definitely let her know in many times that they didn't support the relationship because he was another faith. 
the conversation should have come up, you know, why don't you support him because he's of a different fate? Does that affect whether or not we get married? Like these are things that should have been the follow-up questions too. You guys had five years to figure this out. So then the other part, so the other, one other couple, one guy is 23. The girl he wants to be with is 25. And the parents feel that he's immature because he, he doesn't handle serious situations well. He's always laughing, cracking up whenever he has to deal with difficult situations. And I know people like that. And it's just their tendency. So some people don't get it. So I can understand where he's coming from when he said, you know, I'm just a lightheaded person. And this is just how I deal with stressful information, stressful uh, things. And I could also understand where the parents are coming from because they, they're from an older generation where people don't do that. At a certain age, you just need to man up, get things done. And it is what it is. So I totally understand both sides of the fence. Their situation is more so based on, you know, feelings and, and things which may be a little harder to to overcome because you can't change somebody's perception of or a mother's or, or a parent's perception of what they want for their child. Well, no, you actually can and you should try to do it. I think for the only reason why I think for them it may be a little bit different is because you can't have you can't make him want to or make him stop joking around when such a serious situation comes like that's something he has to work through and understand why he's even doing that so that's something that can't happen overnight the other couple the last couple and this one to me is just ignorance across the board so what the lady is she's 100% white I believe her fiance is partially white, half white, half North Korean. And the story behind him is that his grandparents were in North Korea during the war. They took his mom across the border into South Korea and then ended up coming to Virginia. The mom was raised in Virginia, ended up meeting her husband or his dad and they had him so he was pretty much raised and born he was ra born and raised in the US of A Virginia specifically the girl's mom his fiance's mom believes that because his parents his grandparents are from North Korea he may be a communist and she doesn't know how his household was brought up and so he may be a communist and if there is no love because in North Korea, nobody loves each other. And then she talks about how his tattoos are another sign of how he's going to treat, mistreat his daughter and how he doesn't care about his daughter, about her daughter. And then the fact that him and his mom don't have a good relationship. That's another way of understanding that he's going to be the worst person for her daughter. And the entire time you see the daughter and this guy together, all he does is show her love and affection. He picks her up from work. He had a picnic. She is a horror film producer. So he had a picnic for her in the cemetery, which is a place that she was like happy to be. She had no qualms about it. She was just like, this is kind of weird, but you know, it's fine. It's a nice place to be. He proposes to her there. She's happy, gives her a black stone ring, which she loves. So he knows who he's dealing with. He's able to show her love and affection. 
And so the mom is like living in this world where this man who she doesn't want to get to know because she believes that he may be communist is making like all these judgment calls without sitting down to get to know this guy. And it's to me, it's kind of weird because at the same time, I know if I was getting married, I'm forcing whoever I'm getting married onto my family. So you guys are going to have to tell me up front in like year one or the first couple months on a real note, like this person I don't really like and here are the reasons and have factual reasons of why you don't like this person. Not these made up, oh, you know, he may be or he might be or I think that he does this. And it's like, no, you have no proof of these things. So their relationship, I'm a little bit more on the, yeah, they're going to get married once the mom overcomes her ignorant, ignorant speech, I think is what I'm trying to say. And so it's good that this show is now on because now I'm starting to see why these people are getting married and their version of what marriage is and you know, just understand them. I also still watch Married at First Sight where people are coming together because they want to get married and all of them say they want to get married because they want a partner. And in my head, I'm just like, but you can date and have a partner. So why, why is it necessary for you to get married? And that is still my underlying question. Why is it necessary to get married? Especially because a lot of people are just comfortable with, you know, common law marriage where you're with well that's actually when you live live with a person i don't think i would live with a person unless they're married but i'm okay with that uh you can come spend a couple of nights at my place i can come spend a couple of nights at your place whatever we're dating forever i'm okay with that but i don't know if i have a reason to want to get married and then when i was talking to my mom she said you will once you're dating and you found the find the right person, you're gonna want to get married. And I said, well, maybe that's what I need. Then maybe I need to find, or that person to find me, the right person that will make me want to get to make me want to marry to get married. And my mom also put to me, you know, like as a Christian, the Bible says that we're supposed to get married and have offsprings. And I'm still in my head. I'm just like, yeah, I get that. But just getting married because somebody tells me to do it is not going to keep this marriage together. There's so many people getting divorced now because they either jumped into marriage for the wrong reason or just jumped into marriage because somebody said so. And so I don't want that to be me. I want to get if I do get married, I want to get married and this be it. End all be all. There is no one after you. You're it. We're, we're not going to die together, I don't think. But. It's just you and I won't marry again unless like you die or something like that. But divorce is not an option outside of this marriage. So the only way this marriage will ever end is if one of us die. And by die, I mean by natural causes. So, yeah, I'm still very much up in the air about why I want to get married. I initially wanted to get married just to give it some thought and then to finally close out was because I wanted a partner. I wanted a partner to do fun things with, like my best friend, somebody that I could travel the world with because I love to travel, somebody that would be adventurous with me, somebody would share in my likes and dislikes. And in share just means that 
these are the, the connecting dots. You can have other things that you like that I don't like, but we do share things that we both are interested in. And we can have these deep conversations and get into each other's minds and, you know, have that next level type of friendship. I also wanted to get married because I wanted a hmm, best friend, partner. Maybe also because somebody to have consistent sex with, I guess. I'm wondering, thinking about it now. Yeah, I feel like that might be the other thing too. Because it's hard being a Christian and not having not having sex, especially, and this is speaking for me because there's a lot of Christians that don't follow that. But for me, that's one of my goals is like to be, I don't want to say pure because that's gone with the wind, but somebody that is capable of having the willpower to wait till marriage and not just be sleeping with everybody. Um, yeah, that's just my personal take on it. There's a lot of people that out there that, you know, hop from bed to bed, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, just make sure that you're protecting yourself because you want to protect yourself and those that you're coming in contact with. And so for me, I'm more of a person that I'm very monogamous. I don't like sharing. Sharing is not something that I look forward to. I want to be able to give all my love to this one person and have that one person just, you know, be it. And so I can see that being also a reason because I guess the difference is, with, and this could happen also in marriage, is that you're with this person today and tomorrow you guys are broken up. And that can happen in marriage too, but I feel when it comes to marriage, especially when you're mar marrying the right person who's on the same page with you, both of you have this understanding that we're gonna make this work no matter what, and we're not going to walk out. Even when times are tough where I say, I don't want to see your face, get out of my face, don't talk to me, don't look my way, we still will have the willpower at some point to come back to try to make it work. That's what it sounds like in my head. Whether or not that's practical, that's a different conversation. And so I find that's where I'm at. And then when it comes to kids, which is a whole other thing, I'm also thinking about, and I wanted to have seven kids. I'm also thinking about why do I want to have kids? Do I want to have kids just to have kids to be like, oh, these little rugrats, they all belong to me or whatever. Or is there a real reason to wanting to have kids? I don't know. But anyway, I just want to thank you so much for listening to me ramble today about my thoughts and my feelings and what's been happening with me lately.